This morning we look at John chapter 10, beginning with verse 1. The Word of God tells us, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. All right, church, let's take a look at John chapter 10 this morning. John chapter 10 this morning. And you know what you need? really what you need, uh, the, the thing that would uh, absolutely change your life, transform your life, you know what you really, really need? You need, you need a shepherd. That, that's, that's what you need, is you need a shepherd. Now, now you may have thought of all the different things that, that, that I could add to my life. Shepherd might not be the first or the second thing in my life. Maybe you were thinking, I, I, what I really need is I need someone uh, not to look after my sheep, but I need someone who would clean my house. Uh, I, I need, I, I don't need a shepherd, I, I need a driver. This carpool thing is absolutely killing me. We got dance and we got ball and we got all these places that I'm supposed to be. I, I don't know how to get to all uh, of these places. I, that's not what I need. What, what, what I really need is uh, I need someone to clean my house. I need someone to drive around all these different places. You know what I could really use? I could really use a masseuse. Man, this wear and tear on my body as I'm getting just a little bit older is really wearing me out. Or maybe what you would say is what I really need is I need a personal barista who will fix me a perfect cup of coffee two or three times an hour, uh, whatever it is that, that you need, someone who's going to know where to find the coffee when the coffee all of a sudden disappears from our shelves. That's what I, I really need. But I want to say this morning that what you really need, the thing that would really make a difference in your life, well, what you need this morning is that you need a shepherd. Now, here's the difficulty. Shepherds are hard to find. I checked this week. Uh, I checked on Indeed, and I did a search for a shepherd in Hammond, and it says the search shepherd jobs in Hammond did not match 
any jobs. And in fact, I, I expanded that to the whole rest of the country to try to find a shepherd in the rest of the country. There are no results for a shepherd. Now, there's a lot of companies named Shepherd or named after a guy named Shepherd, but it is hard to find a shepherd. It's hard to be a shepherd. But I've got good news for you this morning. In fact, I, I'd probably call it great news for you this morning. There is a good shepherd who invites you, calls you to belong to his flock. There is a good shepherd who calls you, who invites you, beckons you to belong to his flock. What you need, what you need more than anything else is that you need a shepherd. Now that's a strange thing. Imagine walking through life with a shepherd. Uh, imagine carpooling with a shepherd, showing up to your cubicle and telling your boss that you need an extra chair because you, you brought your shepherd uh, w with you today. It's kind of an odd uh, look to that, but, but, but here's the thing. This idea of shepherd, it's kind of been odd for a long time. The idea of a shepherd, particularly if you look back in biblical times, Man, shepherds were not the most glamorous job. In fact, in some cases, a shepherd is what you did when you couldn't really get another job. It, it, was, it was a hard job. It was a dangerous job. You had to hang out with the sheep, and the sheep smell. And if you spend too much time with smelly sheep, you know what happens? You smell like sheep. The hours are terrible. you got to stay up overnight outside work overnight. The reason you're working overnight is because some wild animal might come and devour your sheep. And I think something by the nature of these guys that would spend all of their time out in the field staying up overnight, man, there was something about them that when those fellows came to town, people would just kind of gently walk on the other side of the, the sidewalk. They tried to make it casual so nobody noticed. But it kind of, it wasn't a glamorous job. And yet throughout Scripture, shepherds keep showing up. Moses was a shepherd. The prophet Amos was a shepherd. David, who became the greatest king of Israel, was drawn from the shepherd field. In fact, in fact he missed the whole selection process on who was going to be king because he was out with the sheep because they figured he was the one guy that nobody needed. Send him out with the sheep. And in fact, in one of the most famous passages of all Scripture, not only do we see that these great key characters in the Old Testament in God's Word are our shepherds, but in one of the most famous passages of all Scripture, it tells us that the Lord is my shepherd. So we kind of have these two different things that are going back and forth. Shepherds, they're, 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 they're stinky. You don't really want to hang out with shepherds. They're, they're, they're kind of a messy crew. And yet some of the most important people that God has ever used were shepherds. In fact, he even says that the Lord is my shepherd. Says that God himself carries the attributes of those guys. It's the craziest thing. 
When we come to John chapter 10, it's kind of a cool chapter because we're basically right here in the middle of the gospel of John, right here in the middle of the story of Jesus as told by John, one of his disciples. And at this point in time, we have two things that are going on. One of the things that we're seeing is we're learning a lot about Jesus. We're learning about his character. We're learning about his attributes. We're learning the fact that he is God himself. And we're watching and trying to discover this is what it looks like when God becomes flesh and dwells among us. But the other side of it is we are watching the reaction to Jesus. And some of the reaction is angry. Some of the action has a lot of animosity. In fact, some of the action says, some of the reaction says, you know this Jesus, we ought to kill him. We ought to find a way to snuff him out so that he no longer exists because he is messing up the world. And in fact, what we're seeing is we're, we're really rolling in here to John chapter 10 is that we are seeing that the people are divided. And some people are saying, this man is from God. And some folks even understand that he is God himself. But we're going to see just a few verses past where we read this morning. The result of some other people are, he is a demon. Now think about the gap that we are talking about here. There are some people who look at Jesus and say, now this person is clearly from God. And other people look at him and say, he is a demon that has the smell of smoke on him. He's straight from hell. That's the gap. That's the conversation that everywhere that Jesus goes, there are some people that say, now that's someone from God. No, he is a demon who must be destroyed. Some say we should follow him. Some say we should kill him. And so in the midst of that, Jesus speaks here at this halfway point of the Gospel of John and says, let me tell you who I am. I'm a shepherd. I am the shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I can be your shepherd. Listen to what we find out about the shepherd. As we look at the verses that we, we read just a few moments ago, the first thing that we see is that the good shepherd protects us. The good shepherd protects us. That's the whole point of the job, is that the shepherd exists. He has the job to protect the sheep. There really is very little in terms of a second job attribute. It is protect the sheep. And so whatever else happens, he is to live there amongst the sheep for the whole purpose of protecting the sheep. This passage of Scripture describes at the beginning of verses here of a, of a sheep pen, a walled enclosure, because every once in a while they would need to gather the sheep together. In fact, sometimes they would gather multiple flocks in this same pen, and they would do that, and the walls would be built up. Why were the walls there? To protect. We know that one of the things that they had to deal with is that they had to protect from wild animals. But we also see here in these opening verses that part of what they had to protect was from people who wanted to steal the sheep. 
The passage of Scripture tells us that, that, that while the shepherd comes to protect, there are those who come to steal and do harm. He, he talks about thieves and robbers. Now you may look at that and say, well, thieves and robbers, those are the same things. But, but in the Greek language, what it's talking about here is a thief is someone who comes with trickery. Someone who comes with deception. Someone who sneaks in. The robber is someone who punches you in the nose and takes your sheep. Either way, the shepherd is there to protect. Now, I don't really have to convince you that there are forces, that there are people there are structures in this world that we need to be protected from. I don't really have to convince you that there are some folks who are out to deceive us or punch us in the nose and to do us harm. And because the thieves and the robbers, because the wild animals are out there to do us harm, you need a shepherd. You need a shepherd who will protect you, who will put you in a safe place, who will put walls around your life, and then you will be able to see that the one who comes through the gate, that's the good shepherd. And you'll be able to identify those things, forces, people, attitudes, spirits that are climbing over the wall. Those things are there to harm us instead of protect us. You need a good shepherd because he will protect you. I would also tell you this morning that the good shepherd, the good shepherd, he loves you. The good shepherd, he loves you. As we look in these verses here and we see these verses here, it's not just this mechanical job that the shepherd has to build up walls and protective devices and that he is there to, to walk around the, the countryside with the sheep and to protect them. But we see almost immediately that there is this deep affection between the sheep, or between the shepherd and the sheep. It tells us that the sheep recognize the voice of the shepherd. In fact, that's one of the things we said there in that, in that enclosure. There, there might have been multiple flocks, but when the shepherd says, all right, fellas, come with me, the sheep that belong to that shepherd know, that's my shepherd. That's my shepherd. That's the one that I go with. And if somebody wasn't paying attention in that flock of sheep, it says that the shepherd calls them by name. Now, I don't know if there was a best-selling book every year on the best names for sheep this year. I, I don't know what attributes, of, you know, if you had to, you know, come up with the names for three or four kids, you know, by the end, you're just, you know, grabbing random relatives and say, we'll name you after this relative or, or something like that. But, but what if you've got several hundred sheep? But the shepherd, the good shepherd knows them, gives them a name, calls them by name. Listen, you don't have to do that. 
I mean, Serta tells us you can just put a number on them. You just, you just count the, the, the sheep. You, you don't have to give them a name. But the good shepherd, I'm hoping 11 o'clock gets that better. <laughs> the numbers on it. But, but the good shepherd, he knows them so well, and he loves them so well that he calls them by name. It tells us about his affection, and it tells us about his love uh, for the, the sheep. He tells us about the fact that the contrast with those with the shepherd is that there are those who come to seek and to kill and to destroy. Boy, I wish I could convince you of the deep affection that the shepherd has for you. But in every one of these sections of the passage, there is a contrast between the good shepherd and the thieves and the robbers. Jesus comes to love you, to care for you, to know you, to intimately be invested in your life, to call you by name. But the thieves and the robbers come over the wall, and they come to seek, kill, and destroy. Now sometimes, again, it's that deception. They, they, they don't give you a calling card at the front end that I'm here to seek, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. They, 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 they sneak over. I got to tell you that we are surrounded in this world by people who say one thing. Offer us all kinds of benefits for our life. But at the end of the day, they're there to harm and destroy us. It was strange this week. I saw a news story. <laughs> that, that's not the strange part. The, 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 the news story was about Hugh Hefner, the uh, departed kingpin of the Playboy Empire. Turns out that maybe Hugh wasn't a good guy. Turns out that maybe he abused women. Who, who could have seen that coming? But for some point in time, almost for decades, it seemed as though Hugh Hefner was the prophet of self-actualization. Have this freedom. Do these things. Express yourself, and you will be better for it. And then it turns out that really he was nothing but a thief and a robber who was seeking to seek, harm, destroy, and kill. We see sometimes other things that are presented to us as again avenues of freedom and strength. Sometimes we see substances presented to us as avenues of freedom and expression. Drugs and alcohol and I don't mean to sound like a grumpy preacher I'm just talking from people that you and I know. People sometimes in our own families. People that we love and care for. That we're given a lie that said, this is the pathway to freedom. This is the pathway to self-expression. And what was offered as freedom became the kind of bondage that they never imagined that their lives could ever be. 
That's not always the case. That doesn't happen every time. But I will tell you, that's a thief and a robber that comes to destroy. But sometimes the thief and the robber comes in the shape of the hope for the next relationship, the next person, the next person. Now that's the person that's going to have all the things that I need in my life. Uh, the, the next person, that's going to be the person that, that gives me all of the joy, all, all of the fulfillment, all, all of the happiness that, that everyone else has failed to give me. And we hop from relationship to relationship or at least dream of the next relationship. When sometimes that dream can quickly turn into nightmares and broken things because we're chasing after things that are not there. We can look at success. Man, I want to be successful. Do you want to be successful? I want to be successful. And so we grab on to the next rung of the ladder, and then the next rung of the ladder, and the next rung of the ladder, and we just keep climbing and climbing and climbing and say, boy, look how high I am. And then we realize there's no landing that there's no place to get off the ladder. We just keep climbing and climbing because we're pretty sure that the good stuff is just two or three rungs further up. It comes with a promise of fulfillment and a lot of times delivers emptiness. Sometimes the thing that's presented to us, the thing that's presented to us is, is the idea of complete personal independence. I don't need anybody else. I'm not counting on anybody else. I can do this all on my own. Man, maybe in places, but there are some things that we can't do all on our own. But my point here is that there are things that come over the wall, present themselves to us, and say, follow me. And they look and they sound good, but our experience often has been that they are empty pursuits. And it's the reason why you need a shepherd. Because the good shepherd, the good shepherd is not here to use you or to consume you, but the good shepherd is here to love you with all that he has. It tells us that he has come, and he contrasts this. He says that the thieves and the robbers, they come to, to steal, kill, and destroy. But the good shepherd, Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly to the fullest. You know what the definition of abundantly to the fullest is? Let, let me tell you what that definition is. Remember after the hurricane when we didn't have any gas anywhere? and you found gas out of town, tell me how full you filled that tank up in your car. You know when it clicks and says it's done, you're like, no, you're not. Click, click, click. And whatever gas tank that you took, whatever device you took to carry gas, it's got a fill line right there. You're like, no, 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 no. I think I can get a little bit more in there. I think I can fill that a little bit higher than that. Jesus says, I didn't come 
to steal, rob, kill, or destroy. He says, I came to give you life abundantly at the fullest, at the max of what you can carry. Your kids ever try to fill up a glass to see how high they can fill it? There, there, there's a magic point. Now, kids try this at home. There, 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 there's a magic point where you can actually get the liquid to be higher than the edge of the thing. I think it's called viscosity. or I don't know what it is. It's right there across the top. It's a magic thing. If you go too much, you make a mess. But there is a maximum load that's even higher than the top of the glass. Jesus says, I have come to give you life all the way to the top, higher than your life can even hold. And that's why you need a shepherd. I'll tell you that also... The good shepherd comes to sacrifice. Now listen, sometimes we think about sacrifice and there's, there, there's, there's one slice of cake left and you're like, no, you have it. Uh, I, I don't need it. You know, chances are you had seven other slices from the same cake already. No, 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 you have it. I'll, I'll sacrifice. I'll go without. That, that's, that's not what this passage of Scripture is talking about. What this passage of Scripture is telling us is it's reminding us of the Old Testament sacrificial system. And it tells us that Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. Now he says again, there are some people who look like the shepherd. There are some people who have the same clothes as the shepherd. They, they, they show up and seem to do the same work as the shepherd, but they are hired hands. They are hirelings who are in it just, I mean, uh, it's just for the money in their case. But for some surface moment, and Jesus says, you know how you can tell the difference between a shepherd and a hireling? Send in a wolf. Because the hireling will see that wolf and say, check please, and hit the road. Not only does the good shepherd stick around, but the good shepherd says, I will give my life to protect your life. And in fact, that is the story that Jesus executes. He came here, became flesh, to dwell among us. He became the good shepherd for the sole purpose of laying down his life. Not metaphorically, not as an image, not as a picture, not as a parable, but as a reality. At this moment, the disciples and the crowd, they cannot see it. They cannot imagine it. But before too long, this Jesus, who is our good shepherd, will lay down his life, be lifted up and executed on that cross and dropped into a grave. Because the good shepherd loves you so much that he will lay down his life for you. You need a shepherd. What you really need, what would change your life, is that you need a shepherd. Now, you came this morning
And maybe you came because it was Hope Sunday. Maybe you came this morning uh, because someone that was really, really nice invited you to come uh, this morning. But you kind of had in the back of your mind, I'll go. And maybe they'll have cupcakes. But I'm not rearranging my life for this. I'm just being polite. I didn't come to have some religious experience. I just came to be nice. Maybe you're here every week and you've managed to kind of spin that and say, you know, I'll show up, I'll come with my family, I'll, I'll be here. But I'm not looking for my life to change. I'm not looking for a shepherd. Maybe that's how you came this morning. But what if the shepherd arranged your life to be here today so that he could call you by name? To call you so that you could become part of his flock. And you might be saying, I didn't come for that. But the shepherd who protects and loves and has laid down his life for you. He says, I created Hope Sunday and I created the person who invited you so that you would come and give your life to me today. And that's what I want you to do this morning is to receive that good shepherd in your life who has come to lay down his life for you for the forgiveness of sins, to give you a life that is better and fuller than any other life that you can possibly have. And as John continually tells us, we do that by putting the full weight of our lives on him when we believe in him. You don't have to run laps around the building. You don't have to climb a mountain. You don't have to pray for 17 days in a row. You believe in this moment today. And say, I need that shepherd. I want that shepherd. He's calling you. Will you say yes to him today? Let's pray.